Hi, and welcome to Leap, a podcast series by Startup Lifers that takes you to Silicon Valley and back. The goal here is to have a warm and cozy conversation together with our wonderful alumni and hear their real life stories from those who've made it, how the experience changed their life and where they are today. In the second season of this podcast, we'll focus on remote work and how life has gone on after the COVID-19 pandemic. Startup Lifers is a not-for-profit organization connecting emerging Nordic talent with startup jobs in the San Francisco Bay Area and also elsewhere, as you can see in this episode. I'm your host, Paulina Alanen, and today I have the great pleasure to be here with uh, Startup Lifers, not actually alumni, but current lifer Joakim Isaaho. Joakim has a pretty interesting story as he's currently working from LA as a, a customer success lead at Matchmade. And he's been there throughout last year, despite the pandemic. So let's hear about Joachim's experience in the States working in the remote setup and what he thinks about remote work in general. So welcome to the show, Joachim. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. All right. So let's get right into it. Uh, tell me briefly about yourself. Who are you and what do you do now? So like you said, um, I'm Joachim. I'm originally from Helsinki, Finland, graduated from Aalto University with a degree in uh, economics, and uh, yeah, currently working at Matchmade, the customer success function for U.S. clients over here in L.A. All right, and you have been there already since last year, correct? Yeah, um, I came in February. During that time, there was just talk about um, a virus in Asia, and um, well, things changed quite quickly in the first few weeks I was in the country. Yeah, well, I bet. Um, so let's go a little bit back to that time when you started to work there. Um, you're you're still a student uh, at Aalto University, right? But now you're you have been working already for more than a year from the states. How did it all happen that you ended up going to work at Matchmade and uh, in that LA office? I had finished my bachelor degree and started my master's, and uh, well, started master's was because I was actually working already. Um, I think it's quite common for a lot of people in Finland already that you kind of work on a part-time or finish your studies while you are working. So um, actually, I think I'm no longer even a student. That They kicked me out because I haven't been attending for enough. Oh. But I think you can just apply back and uh, get the uh, degree done. All right. Once you'll be back in Finland. Yes. So... You live in LA currently and have been there for already more than a year. How do you like Los Angeles in general? <laughs> um, it's an interesting place. It's hard to describe because if you say LA, um, you're most likely talking about this huge area, this patchwork of different cities, uh, different regions. Um, I actually live in Culver City, which is inside LA County. It's also kind of surrounded by LA City. It's near the beach, but it's its own city. And it has its own mayor and own tax. And it's uh, it's always weird when people talk about LA. It's uh yeah, it's a huge area. 
like a sprawl, I think that's the word. And hmm. interesting. Yeah, it's and it's definitely because of that it's they have made some interesting city design choices where instead of um a real usable mass transit system like a metro, everybody uses cars. It's designed for cars. I heard a thing where like if you look at the highway, the freeway map of LA and change those to metro lines, it actually would become a workable city. But um, currently, it's a very car-dominant place. And um, yeah, I don't have a car. So it's been interesting. So do you then ride Uber or Lyft a lot? Or how do you get around? Yeah. So uh, like, I'm an economics student. So I calculated kind of how much it would cost to have a car and uh, insurance and stuff. And um, I, I saw I could have a budget of hundred, two hundred dollars a month on Uber before it was like even that's cheaper than owning a car or a car I'd like. So right, I was like, why not? And I mean, I have a bike, I have an electric longboard that gets me places too. And uh, some places have like there's one good metro line that works. <laughs> there's some free free buses that can work but otherwise the public transport is quite terrible nice i mean but they're still they're working on it though i heard um 2028 olympics is a big deal and they're gonna approve a lot of things and of course like la is also even though there's an increased presence of startup companies tech companies um they're actually investing right now a lot into la a lot of people moving here from san francisco and bay area But it's also, of course, the epicenter for like entertainment and lots of social media apps, like something like Snapchat and TikTok um, have their headquarters here. And then all the creators mostly are based here too, or top creators. And uh, that's kind of uh, the reason why also Matchmade is here as um, Matchmade is a platform to help creators actually monetize and um, get better partnerships. That's why we wanted to be in LA to to be able to be uh, there where most creators come to kind of make their career. Yeah, very interesting. Could you also describe us a little bit the team that Matchmade has in LA? And now that it's been this um, pandemic year, have you been able to like physically meet them or have you have you been mostly working in the remote setup? Well, uh, thankfully, I didn't meet them uh, as I had a few weeks before the pandemic set in. And uh, it's actually an interesting story. I don't want to go too much into it, but as Matchmade is a European company, uh, now we work, uh, our, my colleagues are not or not actually Americans. They're more uh, Finnish-American and stuff like that. Uh, but previously, we did have more American employees, but... As far as I know, it was a bit of a difficult. It's it's very hard. I think you, if you ask any European company on hiring people for the first people in U.S., it's a very difficult issue, especially trying to find people with autonomy. Um, that's one of the words usually <laughs> been used. I don't want to make any huge assumptions, but usually with people here, it's less about kind of being a go-getter and autonomous and more about maybe just being good at doing what you're told, <laughs> at least at some level. 
Yeah, probably. And maybe there's um, like if you think for a European company, now that you are in the West Coast, I mean, there's also a huge time difference. So when you have a small team there and then most people in Europe, it's obviously a challenge. Um, so could you tell me a little bit more about how how you found your work there uh, in LA during COVID, like in terms of like work hours or how do you interact with your colleagues, for instance? Yeah, so it's a double-sided sword, double-edged sword, how do you say it? Um, work hours, because, yeah, I have to communicate with the European team. That does mean I sometimes have to work at, uh, wake up at 6 or 7 a.m. Because when it's 6 or 7, uh, that time it's like 4 or 5 in Berlin or Helsinki. And you get some a few uh, meetings in. And, yeah, it's it's tough. But also, kind of because of that, working from home is anyways being like okay at our company because nobody wants to be at the office at six o'clock or seven o'clock. So through that, it's been kind of natural to then after those early kind of early day meetings before lunch, when, when those have been done, it becomes a lot more smooth and up to you, like a flexible work, uh, schedule, like, okay, do you want to go out and do something or continue in the evening, you know? But with with COVID, it's been difficult as I think everybody who's had a home office knows it's hard to separate when your work ends. And um, that's been the same case for me. So it, it some days has ended up being a lot of hours and some days um, I tried to kind of do some other stuff too. Right. How about then uh, the people that you interact with? I mean, your colleagues, but then you're also working in the customer interface as a customer success yeah. lead. How how has that been um, now that it's been all remote? I think uh, with my colleagues, uh, my boss is Finnish-American. So, I mean, we get along quite well because of that. And... But still, you for sure miss some things when you're not face-to-face, and especially if you don't do a video very often. And especially as in, in a business function where so many things are subjective and not objective, like a developer might um, have some objective opinions, things can get pretty difficult. And not because anybody has any ill will, but just because the, comp- the people aren't ready for remote work or... It's just something is missed that normally would be seen from like body language or I don't even know, like facial facial movement and stuff like that. And on the customer side, I mean, it's quite interesting as I've, I haven't had a single real face-to-face meeting uh, with customers. Oh, actually, maybe one lunch, but it really has made all, uh, all the customer calls are very like results-focused and action-focused and... I enjoy it, but I also kind of missed, uh, as we're still a startup, we're kind of missing those more open-ended discussions about, hey, how are you liking our product? What's going on? Is there anything you're concerned about right now? Or, hey, how's your, like, what, what, are, what are your thoughts for 2021? Could we help you more with our product? What should we develop? Those kind of open, open-ended um, discussions that you could have on a client lunch don't really happen anymore. But mostly it's it's still been interesting to kind of talk with like lots of huge publicly traded gaming companies or 
even like also like private gaming companies and some other app companies as they're they're mostly our clients. We mostly work with apps and mobile games. Right. So if we now talk a little bit about like your life in general there in LA, besides work, you say you have to sometimes do longer hours, but uh, have you been able with the pandemic situation to have any hobbies or try some new things now that you're there in Los Angeles? Well, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's kind of like you're fighting a, a wave or how to say like, yeah, it's really, really, really difficult. Uh, I really liked going to the gym and I also liked bouldering a lot before COVID and both of those have been closed now for over a year or close to a year. So a huge part of my like fitness enjoyment was just suddenly washed away. Um, I tried to kind of replace it with other stuff, but it doesn't. It's still, nothing still has really sticked. I tried. I mean, I tried like mountain biking and like going outdoor to climb and stuff like that. But there are a bit, bit um, high maintenance hobbies compared to just going to the gym. And of course, like I was an um, I don't know avid enjoyer of nightlife culture and in, in Finland and abroad but of course that was also kind of wiped out yeah and um, yeah it's 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 not been easy uh, it has really put uh, like I picked up some like old stuff like playing video games and um, participating more in online communities and I mean it's been interesting too I wouldn't have done it I think without COVID but definitely a big change that I didn't think about yeah and it for you, it kind of came almost immediately after you also moved to another country. So that must have been even a more drastic change. But let's hope that we can go back to those dear hobbies soon. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Matchmade has a team or teams here in Europe and then also in the States. Would you consider your company like remote friendly by default? Like what kind of working policies do you have or are you like a global team? Where do you where do you have people all around? Yeah, I, I think I'm not I couldn't say remote first yet because we haven't designed our we're remote friendly, which means you can work from anywhere as long as people know you're there and it doesn't affect like the quality of your work. But we're not remote first in the sense that our processes and our workflows and our organization is not built yet to be able to support working from literally anywhere. So you still need to kind of put a lot of effort if you're working from somewhere else. And um, but still, I mean, I've I've li- worked from different places. I've I've worked a few weeks from SF. I mean, I've worked a few weeks from the Bay Area. Um, I was in Colorado for a few weeks, and I was I just came back from New York actually. And I mean, it's nice to go around, and especially the East Coast was an interesting experience with um, suddenly having three hours of more time, kind of to catch up with European team was. Um, quite a big difference. Yeah, it's probably much easier. Well, sounds like you've been able to still do some traveling, although just within the states, but still very 
very nice opportunities to visit all those places. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, that's something people should definitely not miss. Uh, it's quite incredible how how vast the U.S. is and how different each area is, each area can be in the U.S. and how different lifestyle, how different feeling, and just the geography is. I, I mean, it's close to being unfair. True. Had you been to the States uh, prior to moving to L.A.? Um, yeah, I visited. I was on the Alta Yes trip of 2016, I think. And um, then after that, I was here for, we were trying to get some partnerships um, for the Junction Hackathon. And we succeeded on getting like Facebook and stuff like that. But two times I visited and as a visitor, it's quite simple. Um, It's warm and it looks nice and all the tech companies are here. But living here is quite a big difference, quite a big difference. Yeah. And especially this year or last year. For sure. Yes. But yeah, that has been, of course, the case, not only there, but everywhere. Anyways, since although you're in LA, but you have a pretty good view on like various companies and your customers, and um, you have probably seen some interesting remote practices kind of uh, get born also in, in the tech scene that you follow and work with in the US. So do you have some like good examples or or how would you describe the remote work scene there in the States? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, normally I wouldn't really know many uh, or as a Finnish person, I wouldn't really know people in, in the US, but because of my time and Junction Hackathon and just, I don't know, being open to talking to people or something, and um, the pandemic finally pushed me kind of over the fence to just randomly message these people I've met during my time um, visiting hackathons and organizing the Junction Hackathon. So through that, I suddenly found uh, people that are working around the U.S. in different companies. And a lot of these are actually mostly remote companies nowadays. Uh, for example, one company is has only an administrative office in the Bay Area for their CEO and uh CFO and a few other admin functions, but all the developers are actually um, in North and South America, just scattered around. And uh, they have a really like clear process on how, how they approach their work and how they divide their tasks. And that's what kind of puts them at the remote first ideology. And of course they benefit from it all. And um, of course there's still two, some companies which are going like a step further last year, a lot of companies in the space of like virtual spaces, virtual offices, virtual conferences. Um, I have a friend who has actually a virtual office for their company. He walks around as a 2D person in, in his virtual office. He has his own desk in that virtual office. It sounds quite weird, but you can actually check it out. It's called Gather Town. And... Um, he might bump into his office while like walking to a meeting or, you know, walking around suddenly has this very intricate randomness uh, in itself. And they're kind of, they're trying that out and seeing, seeing what our results and trying to mimic like, oh, those kind of water cooler conversations that we are missing. Like, like I mentioned earlier, like all meetings nowadays are quite, they have an agenda, but they end up being a lot of 
random chit chat. And that's because that chit chat has disappeared from, from the coffee breaks, from the lunch breaks in the normal office times. Yeah, exactly. You need both, definitely, like the water cooler conversation and then focusing on action and the actual work. Yeah, and I mean, um, we, we, we you also use that. I think many other companies you know, like have tried to use like something like Discord, which is also just something like um, you're kind of always in a room with a bit of audio and you can choose if you want to listen or talk or just be on mute or not even listen just having that kind of like passive hey can you help me with this one thing instead of it being a huge effort to send somebody a actual long request on slack yeah exactly very cool the company that you mentioned i'll definitely check check them out um and i think we're kind of in the beginning of this whole like remote work now that it uh, now that the pandemic hit last year and and we all had to go quite quickly, those that could, into the remote mode. But um, the work life has fundamentally changed nevertheless and uh, will never go back to what it was exactly before the pandemic now that we are, we are used to doing these remote meetings and not having to travel. Now that you have seen these like, different kinds of remote setups and how companies are born global, not only in terms of their customers, but also their employees. Um, do you think places like LA or even like more in particular um, Silicon Valley, which has been this very special place in the US, do you think places like that still matter in the future? Yeah, I think I think like um, every year you get articles about the death of Silicon Valley or San Francisco. And last year you got articles about the death of, well, every single big city in the U.S. actually, or like huge, like new people were saying New York City was dead and San Francisco was dead and L.A. was dead. But uh, these are all quite alarmist and false articles. Silicon Valley 100% still matters. It's still one of the only places where if you live out there and you have any random hobby, like, I don't know, like sneakers or, I don't know, knitting or, yeah, like, why not, like climbing or mountain biking. It's kind of the only place where these kind of side hobbies and you kind of find a group for them and everybody else also works in tech and works in startups and you can discuss all these topics the whole time. You're, you're literally going to find only tech people there. And for some people, that's the dream. Um, they want to work at a company that's doing something, that's working on a, like an international tech company or a tech company that's trying to solve some huge new idea, and they want their whole right, life to revolve around that. And I mean, it's cool. Like If you're really excited about that, why not talk about AI while you're, I don't know, waiting for a sneaker job or... I don't know, like skateboarding around SF, something like that. Um, it really puts your career into a certain trajectory where you're constantly in that kind of feedback loop. And especially if you're still trying to think of a company idea, sure, like everybody you meet has actually something valuable to say about what you're doing. And you can see the difference already. Like, And, and that's kind of the value, like I said, the feedback loop. 
And of course, not everybody likes that. They might want something like something different. And that's why, sure, you can live at different places. And some other cities in the US are now kind of getting hyped up and growing because not everybody actually wanted to live in Silicon Valley. They were they only lived there because of their their job. They didn't want to talk about their job after their work ends. And that's fine too. But for people who want to engulf them um, themselves into a really weird bubble of just tech and startups, sure, it's a perfect place. And then also I'd say like if you look at the funding and networks and I mean if you have an established company, it makes a lot of sense to visit. Maybe not to live, but putting two to three months and trying to get as much face time with people there as possible when you are are there, uh, organize meetings, stuff like that, growing a network or participating in an accelerator, like totally. That's also a really, really, really good use of any company's time, at least as long as the US is the number one kind of tech startup machine out there. And like I said, like the, um, the example of my previous, my friend's company where they have three to four people in their kind of Bay Area office so they can have their kind of investor meetings easily. They can meet with potential partners easily and stuff like that. But then the people, the developers can be anywhere else. And I think that's also like why, especially nowadays, like why really would you need to have everybody on the developer side in the same place? This is one of the development work is one of the kind of, if you have a well-organized and like well-running project management process, it doesn't really matter if you're at the office or not. That's been my um, collection from talking to around 10 to 15 of my friends who are all developers. But yeah, um, if you want to be engulfed in technology ideas and startup cliches, sure, live there and make the most of it. But if you want the network or looking for funding, just do a few months and maybe establish a small office there for a while. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it with the tech bubble and really being like constantly around people who are working like startups and, and in technology. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I'm also down, I'm, I'm, I have that side too. I mean, I enjoy that as well. Um, that's why, but I also consciously made the choice of not choosing SF and chose LA instead because I also have a side of also focusing on some like cultural artistic things that I think SF might be a bit lacking in and I wanted to balance it out and um, so yeah it's 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 I think it's also a balancing act yeah definitely and it's interesting you say that I I still think that you can also find that side in SF, but it's just very well hidden. Like it doesn't come to your face like the tech does. Mm -hmm. Like when I was living in SF, I I had to uh, find this contemporary dance class where I was able to find the only people I knew yeah. who were not working in tech. <laughs> Some of them were, of course, but they were also into contemporary dance. So I found that that kind of gave me that yeah, exactly. new view and cultural impact I wanted to have. It's, it's exactly stuff like that for sure. But even like going further, like, like you said, like even the, even in the contemporary dance, some people worked in tech, it does get exhausting. I mean, there's a very certain kind of 
philosophical way people look at things in uh, in SF too, or like in the Bay Area compared to different plot parts I've now kind of been in. And also I think the bigger question in the, especially for like our context from Finland is does America still, like how, how does America still matter? And that's more difficult. There is a reduced importance for sure. And, but I still think just for the funding for the networks, it's still, still key to be able to visit at least, but living in US, I don't know, maybe not a long-term good decision. Definitely agree with you on the visiting and maybe living for a while, just like you and I have done. So at least trying. Mm -hmm. So I think our time is soon up. So I have still one more question about the future of work. Uh, We talked in this episode a lot about remote work. So do you think that is here to stay and what trends or how do you how do you see things changing now that, um, well, in Europe you can work easily from any country, traveling is very easy within, within the European countries or even moving if necessary. So what would your kind of portray of future of work be? Yeah, I mean, I think it's here to stay. Some employees love it, um, absolutely enjoy it. And it makes little sense to, depending on your function for sure, um, depending on how well your your work can be like turned into tasks, objective tasks. If that's possible, then it's just a no-brainer. Like workers like it more, they can live wherever they want and employees can reduce their cost of their offices. They can even pay less salary if the cost of living is not something like San Francisco or uh, or Bay Area. So that just seems like a no-brainer in a in a long term. And if you take that same example to like Europe, like okay, what if a developer wanted to live in Spain for a while or Portugal? Like, sure, go ahead and maybe you can reduce your office overhead in in Helsinki and also kind of check the pay of the developer just a bit, just to adjust for the cost of living. And then I think that's something that's not not just really like. I don't know. I haven't actually heard that much conversation about that in Europe. Well, here, like, I mean, here it's, it seems to be so simple. Like, like just a few friends who worked at Tesla. One, one of them just moved to San Diego and he was just like, yeah, I, I want to surf and I can work from where I want. So why not? And like some others have moved to Boulder, uh, in, in Colorado and, uh, a few friends are, are talking about, um, Austin, Texas, which is in a big hype cycle right now. And uh, of course, people are also thinking about more. Actually, New York is coming back up, I think, as a as a developer destination too. And it just seems like such a simple thing. Why not? And also, like, why do you need to live in one place for a full year is also the question. And again, going to the European context, like for a Finnish company to have, I don't know, people in Estonia or people in, Poland or people in Spain, it's, I think for a long, it's been kind of a weird stigma. Like, Oh, like why are, why is this company offshoring or why is this company like hiring people here? Like, can't they afford to hire somebody in Finland? Like there must be something really wrong here, really bad. And they're kind of missing out like, Hey, maybe it just means this 
we should, I think, more think about how we as Europe will be able to contend against something the likes of China or other Asian countries and U.S. or even the emerging markets, such as like different countries in South America or in in Africa. Like Europe is quite diverse, quite vast, and we have free movement all around, and anybody can work from anywhere so easily. And then you have the thing with Finland where people get depressed during the winter. Like, doesn't it seem like it would make a lot of sense for a company to who values their employees' kind of well-being to support them to be able to work from anywhere in the in the EU? One thing I do wonder is that in US there are organizations that handle most of the paperwork. If you're if your uh, people if your employees are in different states. But I'm not sure if there's something similar for Europe yet and what's what's the bureaucracy needed. But I know that the reverse um, idea, so foreign, foreigners coming to Finland f- to work, has been now talked a lot in the startup scene in, in Finland that can it be made possible for people to come work remotely from other countries to Finland because of the things uh, that people value there. And I think that's a great idea too. And it, maybe we have to look again at like, well, what is really our tax base? Should we tax the income more or actually people living and spending their life in uh, in Finland? But yeah, I really I'd urge like uh, more companies in Finland to, of course, they already think worldwide, but also kind of like European expansion, how to grow a network inside Europe and, and go from there. Because looking at like just the macroeconomic indicators regarding the U.S. stock market or kind of the U.S. dollar, it's looking like there's a bit of potential, um, how do you say, like uh, uneven risk in, in, in the U.S. market in a long-term view, while it looks like Europe might have a pretty strong foundation to grow from here on out. And I and I really hope that happens. And uh Companies like, I don't know, Walt are pretty good examples because they have a natural tendency to grow offices in more and more more countries here around Europe. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think you're right. Like Europe has its own special qualities, like how we view data privacy and um, yes. our shared value base, um, which is like... Even climate-related. Uh, quite different from some other markets like China. So it's like these unique but shared traits within European countries is definitely an asset. I definitely think, even even though maybe Finland is a bit of a glowing outlier, but things usually work in a lot of European countries on a systemic level. E- even, even in countries that have only recently joined the EU, um, as we're working more on like more harmonization and more systems, just something basic like public transport can be said to work on a whole like different level of magnitude in Europe, in any European city. And just stuff like that makes it into an environment which is just more more stable and a lot better for long-term views of companies. I mean, we're going kind of derailing on a point, but if you look at the scooter companies that started a few years ago, they started in California. They started in LA, um, actually in Santa Monica, and they're actually completely wiped out now. 
the bike paths never supported them enough. People rode them on the sidewalks and it caused huge issues and the companies just messed up. Um, couldn't really like the city didn't really listen to them. The city is completely corrupt here. And just in a few years, it's basically the business has been completely wiped out from Los Angeles. And then you contrast to the European scooter companies who just like can throw scooters mm. into a city. And what do you know? Like the cities already have incredible bike paths. They already have bike stands. And suddenly, naturally, people use the bike paths for the scooters. They they leave the scooters near the near the bike stands. And also, cities are super proactive on working together with these companies to actually make it part of their like mobility ecosystem. So like, that's like a real life example, like in Europe, things have a tendency to kind of work and think of a long term. While in US, I feel like the environment is going more and more into an unpredictable direction. Maybe that changes now with today, the new president inauguration, but yeah, what do you know? Interesting example, that scooter one also doesn't require so much the localization and translation into all European languages. So that's um, something to think about, at least if uh, intending to grow a European flagship of some kind. Um, All right. Well, Joachim, I think we're out of questions now, but I, I think this talk about remote work and um, how your your life has developed there in LA despite the COVID has been very interesting and and probably uh, very helpful for some some people who are thinking about applying for startup lifers. Yeah, I hope so. And I mean, if anybody has any questions, if you use Telegram, the messaging app, um, you can send me a message anytime. My nickname is Yommi, J O M M I. I'll always respond to any queries. Right. That is a really nice tip for for the people that uh, are wondering about these things and could use a helping hand uh, with the questions. So so make sure to... Yeah, definitely. If you're going to move to LA, <laughs> message me because there are many, many, many mistakes. Many mistakes. You can make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely get in touch with uh, Joachim on Telegram at J-O-M-M-I, especially if you're moving to LA. (laughs) Thank you so much, Joachim, for coming and sharing your story and ideas. Really interesting to hear uh, from somebody who has so much views and experience on the US market, but also startups, funding establishing your own company and and so on so it's been really 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 interesting chatting with you that's it for leap thank you for listening uh, to hear more stories from startup lifers and about their adventures in tech startups you can catch these new episodes released on spotify apple and wherever you get your podcasts um, if you want to apply for a startup job like Joachim's, uh, you can check out the open positions at our website, startuplifers.org. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.